now entered Free Range American Podcast, presented by BlackRifleCoffee.com. All right, we we had a we got started a little bit late. Um, Evan was doing some business, and then I think he just took a shower as well. Yeah, and yeah. Um, Is that he smells so good. Yeah, we we've got one shower here in the office. Pro tip: um, Doctor Bronner's peppermint soap. Highly really recommend. Mm. Yeah. It gets a nice really little good. tingle, you know, yeah. when you gotta get those uh, little refreshment, yeah. little refreshing tingles, and it just boost. like keeps you like feeling light throughout the day. It's really wonderful. Nice. This yeah. took a turn immediately. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's super nice though. It, it, it is Mike Clancy. That's that's compliments of Mike Clancy. So if you want to look up Mike Clancy on Instagram, it's a uh, fancy Clancy. Go ahead and follow that guy because he is, shall we say. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's very interesting. He's eccentric too. Yeah. Yeah. But today we are joined by the wonderful John Blank and Tanner Godfrey. Guys had a chance to swing by today and we've spent a lot of time with uh, John over the last couple of weeks doing a bunch of stick and arrow stuff. And yep, definitely been a lot of fun. We, uh, you know, we're pretty spicy caffeinated right now, and we had a chance to uh, catch up with what these guys are doing. These two are going on a bear hunt. Are you kidding me? Next oh, week. Yeah, next week. Where next at? week. Walla Walla, Washington. Oh, nice. We're going to go yeah, slay yeah. some. It's going to be great. We got 250s, a bunch of uh, two seven millimeters, and a bunch of other calibers we're bringing out. It's going to be real hard hitting, but we're all hoping to get that 50 kill, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's just going to be unreal. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, dude. Murdery. So the first time you shot a bow and arrow was with us a few weeks ago, right? Or well, did, have you shot one before? I've shot a compound bow like maybe twice in my life. I picked one up like on a like a little veterans outing when I was first out of the hospital, mm-hmm. and then you know it's like here you go, try this out, thirty pound bow, freaking right. twenty yard target, like nothing. And then so the first time I ever really got to get into really shooting compound bow was here. With right. you guys, pretty badass. Before that, I picked up a recurve and fucked around, but right. once again, only in the backyard, 20, 30 yards max. So just dabbling, really. Nothing, nothing hardcore or serious. Have you been shooting a lot since you left Hack? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm putting some work. <laughs> I've actually demonstrated it and then instructed like three other people on it. I feel like it kind of keeps me a little bit sharp, and it's just fun to like, spread it out, you know, spread that uh sport and get people involved and i just have so much joy in it i can't help it like hey you want to go take the boat let's do it come on it'll be so much fun you'll love it so do you have one in the backyard do you have enough room in the backyard to put a block up yep so and you guys now i'm bringing you guys living together i live with this brother oh in a a frat house yeah yeah. holy shit (laughs) it's a dude ranch dude ranch it is a dude ranch 100 dude ranch how did you guys link up like, we met. Is, go ahead and you can. Tell we me. met through um, Warfighter Made. There seems like no, wasn't Jim it? Staley oh, Jim shoot. Staley. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so yeah, Jim yeah. Staley. We went out to. He Stands was doing a photo him. shoot, and John was there, and right. He gave me his wheelchair so I could shoot the little shorty three hundred eight full auto. Yeah, he was standing <laughs> there, with <his> <laughs> there with his canes, and he wanted to just let loose. I was like, "Dude, just take this." So I hop out, give it to him, and he sat down. He's like. Thank you, man. I like, that's really sweet of you. That was your guys' first interaction? Yep. Bromance. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to get up all upset if you didn't remember. I was like, no, I forgot about that. That's <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> well, yeah, that was good. a full auto 308 and had some freaking had a fire coming off that thing. So, I mean, it. the barrel is two inches and then it just fireball. Yep. I'm sure you've seen it. Yeah, yeah, I remember uh, 
seeing Jim's video of that. I get, it's almost like this bright green oh, yeah. ring of fire that it spits out. It's pretty gnarly. Pretty bad. Yeah, fun. so that and then and then the second time we had ever hung out was this uh, Ward Fighter Made event with our friend uh, Rob Blanton, former Recon Marine nonprofit. Get out there and do some throttle therapy, zipping around razors. Yeah. And we had a blast then. I mean, that's why I met his brother, Gavin Preston. And yeah, been growing out ever since. Good times. Well, how did you how did you get to Utah? Because I, I never really heard that story. <laughs> I retired from the Marine Corps and chased a girl out here. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Didn't work out, but uh surprise, good, surprise. Good memories. <laughs> it wasn't a mistake. Well, I kind of messed that up, but uh but yeah, I stayed out here, was fell in love with the state, and I just oh, the mountains just put I don't know, wonderless like a spell on me. I just go like, oh yeah, go back to Kansas. <laughs> Not right. <laughs> love my home state, a lot of good things about it. Hunting's cool, like a lot of good people there, but I mean, like as far as outdoor activities in this state, like you can't beat it. There's so much to do out here, and I just can't. I can't be a person that sits on the couch and not do anything. Like there's so many guys out here that do like extreme sports or just always active, always out and about. Like you can do, you can stay busy all year round doing stuff out here. So I yeah. just love it. I just fell in love. Yeah. Do you miss Dorothy? Well, yeah. you know, when she used to call me up at three at night, like I miss those at that action. You know, <laughs> put the red slippers on. Things get a little weird. Throw Toto around a little bit. What year do you retire? I retired in 2014, March. Okay. Yeah. Spent about three years in the hospital system. Ended up doing eight years total in the Corps. Three years in the hospital system. Yeah, I was making those. I made them fix me as much as they possibly could before I right. got out. I don't really want to make the VA do a bunch of work. And I heard all these horror stories, as we know, and waiting yeah. around. So I was like, you guys are going to like have to, as much as I hated the Wounded Warrior Regiment, it's like right. the lamest place in the world. Um, I wanted to get absolutely everything I possibly could done, fixed, like 100%, like right. before I separated. Like I made them fix my elbow. Like I got my prosthetics dialed in. And we're actually working on my prosthetics, like up till like two days before I left and retired. Really? Because like, it was such a hassle yeah, because of my amputations are pretty high and interesting shaped limbs and then um i even had i did have prk done fixed my eyes like i was <laughs> going out like You're like make it all better be bigger better yeah. faster stronger not exactly faster slower well yeah well you you guys we gotta back up a little bit and mm -hmm. you got because you both have such epic lives as far if you want to like kind of just give the quick mini bio for us for the right, audience right so Right out of high school, I joined the Marine Corps in 2006. I had always wanted to be like a little soldier, a little commando, something special ops. Like ever since a little kid running around with face paint, pop guns, like doing raids on the neighbors, paintball when I was in high school, just always planning ops, doing crazy shit in the middle of the night, parents getting worried and upset, worried about the cops chasing us around. Right. And I just always like wanting to do the military thing. Just like it was a calling ever since I was like, I would say like six or seven, like running around and reading books and just really getting into it. And then when, you know, when the war hit, it's like, oh, this is destiny. Got to do it. So I I actually joined up with the delayed entry program, finished out high school, rolled straight to boot camp. We ended up getting four of my other friends with us. So, yeah, well, yeah, my twin brother included and three other guys. Wow. So we all rolled out to boot camp together right when everything was getting still pretty crazy. Yeah. And then I... <sighs> Went through boot camp, did the infantry training battalion, and then went straight and volunteered for recon because I was like, yeah, I don't want to go to the grunts. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be challenged a bit more. Um, 
But honestly, I was just the mass punishment bullshit. I was like, oh, God, I got to get away from this crap. But yeah, little did I know it was going to be a huge ass kicker. Like, of course, I read about it. And like, right. that was always like the goal. But I had no idea that they were going to, they opened it up to Boots. Be like, hey, you want to be, you want to come join us? You want to try out? I was like, all right, sure. Thought I would need more experience before I was able to cross over. But yeah, it was, got lucky, I guess. They only accepted like a ton of dudes tried out. I think like six of us ended up making through the screening and then like as soon as we got to battalion and got off the van like two guys quit immediately right there like this Seriously? isn't for me oh yeah we got there and they're like sweating they're like oh god i can't what believe the like, hell? like the screening was hard and now all we're gonna do is get fucked up like even more like for the next couple of months they're like yeah this isn't for me like why'd you even try out then dog you're wasting everybody's time right so we got there and like i mean i'm this is not the down easy story but it was interesting because they're like, all right, cool. Throw your shit in the barracks. Change over. We're going on a 12 mile run through the hills. And we did. And it was like, oh, he's trying to break us off immediately. Right. And which was pretty freaking awesome. It was a huge gut trick. Yeah. But, anyways, um, yeah. And so spent my time in through like the different rotations and stuff. Couldn't make it a deployment until like just, uh, you know, coming up to my, uh, when my enlistment ended. So I extended because I'd, I was debating whether or not to, Reenlist or maybe cross deck to another branch to do different special operations or right. try to from RSOC, you know, all these questions. But on it, like it, the number one thing was like, gotta deploy, gotta test yourself, gotta push, put yourself in combat, see like what you're really made of before you just sign up for this stuff. Maybe, right. maybe somehow it isn't for you. And like, I felt like the responsible thing to do is like, because after that, I'd be even, even more in the leadership position. Like, I right. would take over my own team and stuff like that, and lower be an instructor. And it's like, oh, you just gotta test yourself. And of course, like, I loved it. Everybody loved it. Like, it was freaking awesome. Like, I extended my time. And I wasn't going to allow my boys to go on deployment without me, you know. Right. Like, after we, it was unique that my recon platoon had stayed together, basically the same core group of guys. Well, yeah, basically the entire platoon, really, for like two years. Unheard wow. of. Like, usually it's like awesome. you do a year. but So we yeah. had like two and a half, like two and a half years. I was like, all right, yeah, there's no way they're going without me. So I extended Went to Afghanistan. I got hit like four days from ceasing combat operations, going back to base, ripping out and going home. So I got to do the whole experience and then got the whole hospital experience. Super awesome, fun times. And so, yeah, that was like its own huge saga, getting back to the States and getting through all the initial surgeries and like the whole month of initial surgeries and stay, getting just trying to be stable. And like they're thinking that, you know, trying to make this guy like not die on us. So eventually, then made it to rehab. Um, went from Bethesda, Maryland, where I did all my initial surgeries, and then went to San Antonio, Texas, to finish up my rehabilitation. And then I hung out there until I ended up out here. Well, how long were you in San Antonio? Like I said, three years. Three years now. in San Antonio. Wow. Three years Holy doing shit. off and on surgeries, a lot of prosthetic work, a lot of like strength and conditioning. Mm -hmm. um, did a lot of work on my left arm. It was almost like taken off in the blast. You can see some like yeah. gnarly scars here. Like I couldn't like pronate supernate like at all. Like this was my range of motion. I was like, this right. is bullshit. Yeah. Like I gotta <laughs> get through this, this yeah. shit fixed. Cause it was a problem with the wheelchairs, like doing all this janky shit, trying to do bench press, you know, like throwing your shit out right. there. And it was like snap, crackle, pop, you know, like just all the time. It's like, God. And you know, like I could tell lots of stories of like really fucked up, like hospital adventures, but I rolled, like, I had it scoped, I had it cleaned out, and then, like, I rolled into, uh, I had a consult with the doctor again, and it's, like, the, his last appointment of the day. 
just like sort of like pisses me off. Like last right. point of the day, like I've been waiting forever. I get in there. He comes in, just sets down, spreads his legs out, takes his hands, pants. He's like, what do you want from me, man? Like you got the worst elbow I've ever seen. Like, I don't know what I can do for Thanks, you. Doc. I was like, really, dude? Like, go fuck yourself, sir, because I've been waiting here all day. Like, I think you guys owe it to me to give me the best shot ever. Like, if you don't know somebody, somebody that does know, you're just going to treat right. me like shit because I got, I'm the last appointment of the day. You're going to tell me you don't know. You're going to come here and all professional. Like, yeah, I understand that you've got a guaranteed job and you don't have to worry about malpractice or keeping up a practice or keeping happy customers. But what the fuck is this bullshit? Why are you even a doctor if you don't give a shit? You know, I've, like, dealt with that crap. Like, hit and miss through the VA, through, like the active duty military medical system and uh i just laid into him and he's like i'll let you go see a specialist i'll give you a referral in town i'm like okay cool so then i got like he's doing you a favor yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i'll let you go see a specialist oh thank you sir Mm. fuck cool (laughs) yeah wow that's a lot of work huh sir so yeah i ended up getting with a great uh doc that was um the university of texas i think and uh, he was actually a naval reservist, a medical officer too. And so he really like cared and right. he took care of me and put me back together. And I've been like super happy ever since. Like they had to put an external fixator on it. Had to wear that for like two months, bleeding around all over the place, banging <laughs> that in the walls, catching it on clothes, <laughs> oh, like fuck. catching on corners and shit. Like it seems like my life has been a big majority of like nonstop pain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause so, you're, I mean, you're young. Yeah, how old are you now? I'm 33 now. Yeah. It's been 10 years since the attack or incident. Right. But yeah. So yeah, that was like my 20s. Like, cool. Finally, finally, like everything's solid. And I'm right. like in my 30s. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, I mean, with your, are you through the majority of all your surgeries and things like that? Or do you still? Well, I deal with a lot of nerve pain, so I've been contemplating getting a spinal stimulator put in. But the last time they tried it, they botched it. They had, like, they put in, like, I really, like, talk, plan this all out with the doc, right? So an external stimulator has, like, battery pack, and they have to put it, like, in your muscle tissue somewhere. Right. And it sends, like, they put rods in your spine, and that, like, interrupts the, like, uh, your nerve signals, kind of, like, with a different, like, electronic signal, like, basically. Well, that shit kind of sucked, but I thought, oh, well, I don't want to take medication anymore. Maybe it'll just give me more independence, freedom, because, you know, when you are on a scheduled medication, you're like, oh, when's the, where's the nearest pharmacy at, sir? I got to play my medication out. You know, I can't, like, yeah. just travel right. the world, travel the country. You're, like, like freaking running around with, uh, you're just worried about running on meds. So Yeah, that takes a lot of trust. God. You're like, yeah, I'm going to. Go ahead and throw that battery pack in my muscles. I know. When I would roll over, I could feel the damn things moving around in my spine. You know, oh, I was like, shit. oh, God. It's gnarly. And they're like, oh, that'll, they'll actually, like, eventually like, scar up and, like, get held in place. I'm like, you sure? Like, this is pretty odd. So, yeah. So, we, they did the surgery. I come out of it. And the guy's like, yeah, we got this, like, rechargeable, like, blah, 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 blah battery in there. It's cool. It's going to last, like, uh, maybe, like, three or five years and then I have to replace it. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I told you I wanted the battery pack, though. I don't know. Maybe it was, like, that one lasted, like, a while. But I'm like, I don't want to plug my ass into the wall every night, bro. Like, yeah. I don't want to have a con- carrier on a yeah, controller, no like, a cell phone. <laughs> and, like, like, literally you put, like, this magnetic, like, charger. Like, you would your, like, iPhone, like, yeah. when you put it on the back. And it charges, like, 
through its like case, or whatever. It's like that. You slap like mine when I slapped it to my ass, plugged myself into the wall, and it would have charged it up. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like I talk about freedom and getting to like travel and do all this stuff, and you slap me with this, bro. Like, ah, this isn't gonna work. It's like, oh shit, you know, blah blah. Like I really just, you know, had in my head. I'm like, yeah, I wanted like that. You wanted. He said, I just had in my head that I want that you wanted it as small as possible. And like hidden in the muscle tissue where you couldn't really notice. I'm like, yeah, but I also said like all this other stuff. And we talked about this and lined it out. And like, how did you even make this damn mistake? <laughs> so they instantly rushed me into surgery like next day. And he's just like, like blah, 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 just cramps it in there, you know, slams it in there. And then like come out and it's like this bulging, like what massive tumor fuck? on my ass. Like, really? Yeah, like fuck? it's like, holy it's shit. Like, like straining at the staples, right? Oh like barely God. contained. And I'm like, oh yeah, this will work. You know, just positive thinking like, yeah, this will work. It'll go. It's good. It's good. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, let alone like a week later, I'm sitting there telling myself, oh, it's good still. Like it's going to work <laughs> out. All right. Positive thinking. And there's a freaking dime size hole in my ass where you can see the freaking battery pack. And I'm like, all right, I need to go in because I'm bleeding all over the place. This thing's not closing. It's an open wound. It goes directly to my spine. Like this kid be really bad. Why? So, Why would that be bad? <laughs> you just throw a new battery in easy though. Right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Just change out. Throw a double A in, yeah. you're good. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, lick that nine volt yeah. and just <laughs> throw her in there. I was back there with super glue, you know, and the home stapler kid just like going at it. Like, it'll work. It'll work. <laughs> Shit. So they rushed me in, like they just took that out. I'm like, you know what? I think I've rolled the dice with the VA enough. <laughs> Right. So that'd be, I, like, like scared, man. Like, I've gone through so many surgeries and had so much, like, fucked up shit happen. And, like, so much negligence. And I'm, like, looking back when, like, I started dating, like, nurses and stuff and talked to them about, like, different things. And they're like, yeah, people die all the time of, like, stupid shit and infections and all this crap. And I'm like, holy shit, how the hell am I alive? Like, not only, like, yeah. the initial surgeries and, the, like, what I lived through, but yeah, all the crap afterwards. It's like, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, funny Funny little part of that, like some cool information, flatlined three times, eight oh. hours of surgery, 75 units of blood. And then after that, British soldiers were lighting 75? Yeah. Holy yeah, these guys shit. like didn't give up, which is pretty ninja. Yeah. 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 Wow. Insane. So after that, like they had like British army personnel, like lining up by my bedside, like pumping blood into me. Wow. Just training them like straight into me. I was like, oh shit. Was this in country? Yep, in country. Camp Bastion. Holy shit. Old Leatherneck. Yep, Leatherneck mission. Good times. <laughs> that's, that's fucking Gnarly. crazy, man. Right? Yeah, I know. It blows my mind when, at first, like I didn't really realize like, well, what, partly I didn't have all that information. I figured right. this out later, but like reading the notes, my mom, uh, some former occupational therapist, she like got down and deep in that stuff. And like, did you know this happened? Like, holy shit, you know? And I was like, God dang, like, I didn't know that. <laughs> and she's just like, stand back and be like, whoa, miracle. <laughs> yeah, so how long was it before they could get you out of country? Um, I, they actually, I woke up in Germany like a day and a half later, wow. actually. They had okay. pulled the tube out and everything, yeah. like, and I was fully like conscious. Like, it was insane. They're like, my other people have told me like wow that's really crazy that they like woke you up like that soon out of it so i guess like now yeah, between that initial blast surgery like a day and a half later i was sitting in germany pulled the tube i could barely talk like, hey it's good to be here and then they like stuck a phone in my face and it was like my mom's like hi john and my whole family was there and my brother-in-law was a good he's a recon buddy of mine too and everybody's on the phone with me and i was just like oh fuck damn this is heavy <laughs> hi guys i'm all right I'm still here. And then you wake up. Well, one of the 
things about that waking up like when them pulling the tube like almost immediately i looked down i'm like what the fuck did you people do to me like i thought my legs would be gone like for sure i saw that before but now i got this like staple like zipper going down like from my sternum all the way down to my groin like bone bone like they had split me open got me like a fish like i had there's all these things that like when the initial shit happens to you like oh i can deal with this like this is cool like i got that and then like later on you're like holy shit i gotta deal with this crap like tanner will tell you like there's so much stuff that goes else that goes into like these injuries that you have no idea that you're gonna deal with like nerve pain like getting opened up like three times in my life like all my guts being rearranged and stuff pretty insane i was like oh god like all right (laughs) got this to deal with cool i can yeah but every time you come up with another waller face another hardship i'm just like fuck it i got this Let's go. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. The psychological aspects of that. I mean, for me, when I think of what, you know, what you've done and thinking about the obstacles that you have to move through mentally like on a regular basis. And I think I touched on this a little bit where it's, you know, I look at my peers, right. That have fought in the wars and mm-hmm. obviously you know, I've been to Afghanistan and Iraq both, but look, and I'm like, Hey man, I don't have to deal with like like I talk about this all the time. I wake up and I'm like roll out of bed and I got like a back pain or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my back! And I'm like, wait a minute, holy fuck! What am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing right now? I I got nothing, you know. Like when I say that, it's I've got nothing to complain about, right? Whereas, well, shit. Well, I think I do that all the time. Like wake up or haven't slept all night or got pain and stuff. I'm like. Ugh don't be a bitch. Like, come on. There's people out there that got so much worse than you. Like you could be sitting in a hospital bed right now dying of cancer or being super sick on this or that. Like, like just get up, get out, get after it. Like be grateful for what the fuck you got and keep pushing, like trying to make the most of everything. I mean, both of you guys, both of you guys have such fucking awesome, positive attitudes. Like, you, like every time I see you guys on fucking social media, like you're having so much fucking fun. I'm like, these guys are so rad. Like after like you, you, you two combine, like it's fucking incredible. How, like the, how you guys like your ethos about how you live life and, and like what you're putting forward now, like it's fucking awesome to see. And you're right. It's like, no, nobody can really complain. Well, everyone's got their own issues too. And so like, who are you to judge what, like if someone has a mental issue or physical, I mean, some can see and some can't. And like, I've dealt with people that have been in similar situations and the people that are miserable, you don't, and like, they're just whiners. You don't care to be around them. So it's like, I'd rather be around someone that's happy and that's how I want to be. Yeah. And life's too short to not have fun with it. And I, I joke a lot. And I think that's the thing that's often overlooked is humor. Because right. humor yeah. and being able to joke about your own injury and whatever is, and that's why I think I get along with kind of veterans and the military stuff is because the darker sense of humor is just so much funnier. And when you don't take things serious, then life is that much better because you can joke problem. about everything. Well, it's a, it's an interesting thing where I think the military, like, you just get flogged, like you're just like. <laughs> they just whip the fuck out yeah. of you to the point where, nice. you know, they talk about like having skin like a rhino. And it's interesting because while I was in, I was like, man, some of these guys don't have fucking skin like a rhino. These guys are fucking pussies or whatever. And then you get out and you're like, oh, wait a minute, compared to everybody else in the world. Oh, I never mind. I take that back. I retract like 90% of what I just said because 90% of what I say 
is not meant for regular consumption. Once you get out, you're like, oh man, I I probably shouldn't be talking about this whatsoever. <laughs> I'm I might not yeah. even want to think that thought. Just right, wolf in front of all those sheep, man. Yeah, there's a, a there's the a saying in the in the scout sniper community, and and maybe it's elsewhere too, but the suffer patiently and patiently suffer. Right, and I I love that so much because it's just like when I look back on the on like the what most people would consider like miserable moments either in training or combat like i look back on that now because it's like so much is fun like it was so cool and like i think it's just adapting that that mentality like right out of the gate or or having it be a part of your ethos for for what you're trying to do that has such a big impact on everything else in your future for sure that's like your outlook yeah that's how you i think it you can it's kind of you can learn it too because the harder things you do, then the more you adapt and get that mentality because you look at people who have easy lives and they do not have that at all. And some of them can joke and whatnot, but usually those are the people that get the most offended or cause the most shit, like grief for themselves. Whereas if you've done hard things and you continually do hard things and that keeps going and then right. you see how much you can really do because people think that they're, they can't do it what they truly can do yeah you don't know what you don't know yeah yeah i mean look at look at trevor like a guy themselves yeah guy like what would you say you like get a sub for like 14 hours yeah and then you're like you hear these stories like oh yeah all this base jumping crazy shit that you do afterwards (laughs) like makes so much sense yeah yeah it's it's a psychological adaptation to kind of a hardship which is one of those things where in the in the military they're really good. I think of just forcing you to fucking suck. Like embrace I remember, the suck. that's the thing, right? Embrace just like the suck. Yeah, embrace it. I remember so I was so acutely aware of like little things that I think back to now, where you know, and it's little, right? But you guys remember standing in like parade rest for hours oh, yeah. waiting to go into the fucking chow hall. Yes. Just like waiting to go get a meal that would last like two minutes, but you would, you would wait at parade rest, not saying a fucking word in a line with hundreds of other guys. And yep. it's like, yep. usually in the sun. Yeah. In the <laughs> or fucking the rain. sun. And you're like, or this I mean, fucking sucks, we, man. We've, we've all been in selection <gasps> programs, like standing as a class at parade rest. Right. And then at attention, and then the staff are like, you know, we need to actually go do something, but we're not going to dismiss you. No. You stay here. See, even that makes me (laughs) smile, though, like hearing you say that, like that makes me smile because I think back the the mental exercise that I started doing, like when we would have to stand like that for a while was I would build cheeseburgers in my head. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, I would think of every type of topping that I could put on a cheeseburger and I would like start from the bottom and then just like build these up. So it was like anytime I was standing by myself and like became this fun exercise where I'd build cheeseburgers. <laughs> Go to your half place. <laughs> cheeseburgers. But I, I remember so many of those times where I'm like, that fucking sucked. But then you just get used to it. And then it's your accepted reality. It's like, ah, I know that this is what I'm going to have to do for an extended period of time. And then it's your accepted reality. After a while, you're like, 
okay. And then you get used to it. And this you're is like, my life now. You know how to like adjust yourself in micro segments to just get comfortable and parade rest, which is fucking the most uncomfortable position. Like, but then you're like, oh shit, I'm in a relaxed position now. Like, I'm not at attention. I'm not at attention. <laughs> <laughs> nonstop yeah. mental conditioning. That's it's, what it all yeah. is. Nonstop mental conditioning, just getting harder and harder. With even like just little stupid things like that, it all just builds that that rhino skin we're talking about. It's like go paint rocks. Oh yeah, okay. I can never get used to that shit. And fucking, and you're just like, oh my god, this is the worst shit. Yeah, but I think, man, those red curbs need to get painted every Sunday. That was (laughs) that was like probably one of the biggest incentives to make it through. uh, Was it not be that guy? Yeah, because all the kids that quit like got sent to the shame barracks with all the other fucking losers and weren't allowed to talk to us. And then we'd watch them paint rocks, mow lawns, and police call cigarette butts and stuff like all across camp for like weeks on end until we finally gave our slaves back to the grunts, you know. But for a while, they're just like 100% slaves. Like they're lesser people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, In our minds and everybody's minds, they're like, you know what? You deserve that, you little butt fucking <laughs> Yeah. Wait, that, I've, I've talked about this a ton. It's you like chose you, to quit. You mm-hmm. learn to fucking hate quitters. Like, yep. you learn. Yeah, what, wait, wait. What's your term? What's your term? The vampire thing? Yeah, it's a, it's a vampire effect. When yep. you can take somebody else's power when they quit. <laughs> yes. And you can see somebody <laughs> else so quit. You're like, mmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> tears are sad. They so good. So delicious. Give me power. Give me power. We need to make that into an ECS. Like, I want to do a vampire, vampire effect <laughs> coffee. <laughs> that is so true, though. Because when you see them, they're like, I'm a better man than him. Yeah. I'm a tougher, better Bigger, faster, stronger, like mentally fucking harder man than that guy. Yeah, you're instantly I'm gonna fuck your better. girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and maybe your mom. And maybe your mom. <laughs> fuck it. I'm going to make the rounds. <laughs> your dad, too. Throw him <laughs> in the mix. Mom, going to be my slave. Boy, he started it. Doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah, no, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that. In uh, That's the I, same thing with me, though. Oh, like, sorry to interrupt. No, but also, like, like training, doing hard shit, miserable right. shit. When it was truly fucking miserable, like you're like, like I'd always turn into like a positive thing. Be like you know what? Like there's nobody else out here doing this kind of shit. We're doing this shit. Nobody mm-hmm. else can do it. Will do it. Want to do it? Like you know, it's all they all like. What is it? Like it's cool to be recon until it's time to do recon shit. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Like same thing with every, like everybody. Like I would like take that and be like, you know what? Like this is something to be proud of. Take away from this. Like nobody else is doing this shit. You're doing this shit with all your boys. Like. Fuck yeah. Like, and I always tell myself, you could always be worse. Like, constantly. Yeah, but I think that's a psychological advantage that a lot of, you know, obviously there's there's a wide variety of issues that veterans deal with on on a regular basis that other people don't. But the one distinct advantage is like, you have this experience where you're like, this is such a fucked up thing and a series of fucked up, ridiculously hard things where it's like, if you're a person doesn't have that experience you're you're ill prepared for a lot of what life throws at you and it's it's an interesting perspective for people because when i talk to people that really haven't had to deal with hardship and then you start to kind of unpack and figure out what's going on you're like wow you're just you you haven't actually had the same experiences and those experiences haven't been able to mold you into a person that can just overcome adversity in a way that's, 
in a way that's really kind of triumphant and funny, right? So you can take this just shit sandwich and be like, fuck yeah, let me put some mayonnaise on that, maybe a couple pieces of salami, shit on that thing again for me, and I'm going <laughs> to shove this thing down my throat. Ooh. Yeah, I like this. <laughs> this is great. But I think for for a lot of guys, they lose perspective on that. Like, I, I, It's interesting. I was talking to my um, one of my friends. He's He's a former SF guy. He's a realtor in San Antonio now. His name's Le- Levi Rogers. He's an awesome dude. And he was blown up in um, Afghanistan several years ago. He's like in a coma for six or seven months. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Wow. He was in a coma like in and out for a long fucking time. He's got burns on a big portion of his body. And um, But that guy is so fucking stoked for life. And he's so hilarious to be around. He's awesome. Like he's like, Mm -hmm. he is kicking so much of life's ass on a regular basis. And we were talking in front of my house one day that I I bought with him. And I was like, man, you're like, you fire me up, dude. Like you you fucking fire me up, man. People are infectious. That's why I like to surround myself with like positive, like guys like Tanner, everybody else in this community. Yeah. Is it, is it hard to find like psychologically positive people to surround yourself with? Um, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. They're like, it's a rare breed, I think, you know, but I don't really, honestly, like I kick the people that are a little bunch of negative freaking little losers out of my life so fast. Like I just, yeah, I don't deal with it. But if you're like a positive, like awesome person like that, I'm like, my soul's attracted to so I'm like, you're fucking cool, bro. Like, that's awesome. Like, I keep those people in my life. The other people I just fucking ditch. Like, you know, I don't even waste time with it. So, yeah, but that's like few and far between, but it's like, well, who do you want your friends to be? You know, like, uh. I'll talk shit to a lot of people and build that mental toughness too. So, right. like, one of the kids <laughs> I work with, he, I give him so much shit every day, just, and he's gotten so much more just mentally tough that nothing phases him so when someone else talks smack they're like he's just i don't know he's also I think, got a healthy uh, counseling bill now so <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> i'm doing something yeah <laughs> but somebody enriching your life one shit talking you're paying it forward bro that's what they call paying it forward I know. Uh, yeah, I like that. I think I think that's sound advice for everybody, though, because I've really tried the last, definitely the last couple of years, and more so even the last year, to just focus on being sociopathic about chopping negative people at, like directly out of my life. Right? If they're not creating a positive impact psychologically, they got to go. Like they, they, they you just got to offload those people because. At the end of the day, we, we got a finite, obviously, everybody here understands that. We got a finite amount of time. Yeah. It's just when you're, when you're dealing with people that have fucking literally no excuses and their only excuse is to like cause drama or, you know, negative energy, that's just excess baggage and excess weight that you have to fucking carry. And it's really selfish of them. For, for the most part, I look at them as very selfish people because what they're doing is they're taking the weight that they're carrying and they're going, here, why don't you take that? And yeah. They're loading you down the with all that vampires. Yeah. yeah, They suck the life out of you. Yeah. All the happiness. Yeah, and you're trying to be a good friend, so you're like, yeah, load me up, man. It's cool. Just keep loading me up. That's all right, man. I, I, got, I got some room in my rucksack. I'm kind of mm-hmm. strong. Yeah, well, I can help you. I can try to instill that mental toughness in you. I can be there for you. I can guide you, give you counsel, but at the end of the day... You can't change their mindset. 
You can't. You can't change a person's DNA most of the time. You can try, but it's just like I, I have a saying too where I'm like, standing next to the microwave for a year is not going to fucking rewrite your DNA. It's just going to cook a really bad hot dog. Are you sure? You, I, maybe. I, actually, I have no idea what that'll do. <laughs> I, somebody, if they want to try it. I mean, if anything, Trevor, you've had the most experience. kind of hit and miss. I guess, you know, next Tanner to radiation. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I, Tanner, we got to get, we got to get your backstory too. Yeah. So I graduated in 2007 and I loved racing motorcycles, grew up doing um, all sports, wrestling, football, soccer, BMX, whatever. I, I did it. And so I was a very active kid. And I think that kind of bred me for my accident right after high school. Um, we were down in Mesquite, Nevada for a Thanksgiving race. My dad crashed on this track the day before or on Thanksgiving actually. And he compressed, fractured his T6, seven and eight. Right. And, uh, he went to the hospital in St. George and came back with a big old turtle shell on him. Couldn't move hardly. And that night we were watching TV and I saw somebody in a wheelchair and it just kind of hit me that that was going to happen to me. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing scary or dude. Yeah. It was just the feeling just came over me. And then the next day I was going up this hill, nothing crazy or anything went over the bars my front wheel hit a hole in my back wheel at the same time. So kind of just perfect stars line went over the bars and dove into the ground and it exploded my T6 vertebrae and then dislocated T7. And I just laid there looking down and I was just, all I could do is just cuss. Like there's no other words that take away pain like cuss words. <laughs> so I'm laying there and I try to roll over and it just felt like a truck had just hit me and I broke eight ribs too. get on the um, they throw me on the backboard, take me to the ambulance. When I'm in the ambulance, my left leg goes numb and I couldn't move it. And I'm like, my left leg just went numb. I'm like, oh, you're fine. Whatever. They take me to the hospital. They throw me on another backboard and to get me into the x-rays. And they're like, we got to cut your pants off. And I was like, don't cut my pants off. These are good pants. <laughs> <laughs> and the doctor chewed my ass out, cut the pants off. And so when I was in the x-ray or getting the x-rays my left leg came back and I could start to move my foot and leg again and then they threw me on one final backboard to fly up from Mesquite to the U of U right and I came into the emergency room and then um I don't remember the flight they drugged me up pretty good and then they're like we got to get you into surgery and next morning I woke up and was paralyzed from the nipples down and had two rods in my back wow and well, how, so, how did that happen though? How do they go from you having feeling? So I to... didn't cut or so when I, they called it a burst fracture and it blew out the front of my vertebrae and then dislocated it forward. So I had a gap for my spinal cord to go because had it not, it, it most likely would have sliced it or cut it somehow. So what happened with mine is I just got the swelling of the spinal cord and it, natural defense, your body just does that and it shut everything down. Got it. And so I didn't have a cut or tear or anything on my spinal cord. It was just the swelling that shut me down. Wow. And so it was like during the night, I thought somebody was in the bed next to me. I was just hallucinating and I was in a single room and I thought there was bricks outside of my door and there was nothing, but it just like I was on some pretty good drugs for that yeah. stuff. <laughs> and then I lost, I ended up losing like 20 pounds the first week because I couldn't eat anything because everything tastes like medicine right. and then hand sanitizer because every nurse that came in sanitizes, comes up and I'm just, I was pumped full of a lot of IVs and everyone's like, are you in pain? I'm like, nope. And I hit the happy button. That they gave me. <laughs> but it, uh, yeah, it was, it was quite the experience for, I was 18 at the time and 
thought I had life figured out when right. life shows you and don't. And you were like getting ready to go pro. I was right? in the local desert stuff. I was a decent rider. We did desert racing a lot. So that's where I kind of excelled at was the desert stuff. I liked going fast. It was more of a sport that who could read the train the best and in better shape and kind of had the bigger balls to hold it open in some right. spots. Yeah. <laughs> but when you did crash, you crashed fast. So, but it was, yeah. So I love the, I still love motorcycles. I, I don't ride them as much as I'd like to cause my legs just give out. And so that kind of pisses me off more than anything. So it's. And how long was that initial like hospital? So stay? I was in the hospital uh, I got in the 25th of November and then I got out the 28th. They let me go or 28th of December. So they let me go home for Christmas and then I came back and it was the weirdest feeling not being able to move. Cause like they had to wrap my stomach so that they'd keep my blood pressure up with like a slingy yeah. type. And, um, when they first started sitting me up in the bed, I'd have, I'd sit up for like 10 seconds and about blackout and then have to lay back down so wow. that I just starting to get used to it. And they came in with a safety pin and they were doing this test to see if I, what I could feel, if I can feel anything with the round side and then the sharp side. Right. And so the therapist is sitting there poking me and he pokes my leg. He's like, can you feel this? Can you feel this? I'm like, no, no. And then he pokes and I go, ow. And he jumps back. I'm like, I'm just kidding. I can't feel that. <laughs> <laughs> just scare him. But it was so... I was in the ICU for like five days and then they moved me to a less intensive for about a week. And then I moved down to therapy and spent about two weeks down in the rehab unit trying to do that. And the first day they sat me up on a table, he was behind me with his knees and he's like, pick your hands up. And then he moved and I just fell right over because I had no core muscles or anything. Mm. And so it's just like a soggy noodle just falling yeah. all over. But like they wouldn't let me leave the hospital until I was able to cath on my own, which, you know, stick the straw down your wiener basically. Right. And then super fun. Um, be able to transfer my wheelchair to whatever. And that is the strangest feeling when your legs are sitting there and you're trying to lean forward. And if you lean forward too far, then you're going to fall straight onto your face. And then it's just so learning all the ways with the wheelchair is crazy. Yeah. Now, when, when you were in the hospital, like what was their communication to you as far as like your your future ability to, to walk again? With so it? the doctor came in after the surgery and he told me that I'd live a good life in a wheelchair. And <laughs> for his sake, I mean, they've got to give you worst case because if they say yeah. you're going to walk, then right. you don't walk. Then it's like, well, he told me I'm going to walk. And so it's like they could at least give you not take hope from any because like I just told him to piss off. Like I'm going to I'll be fine. And, um, at my year checkup, I walked in with a walker, Wow! but it was, I mean, they got to give you the gloom and doom type stuff, but there's got to be better ways to break it to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tell people. You're bringing up so many awful memories. I think I suppressed. <laughs> no, you were, talking <laughs> you were talking earlier about, uh, the, the spasms yeah. that you were getting. So they have you on this 
what's called baclofen and it's a spasm medicine because your my legs would just kind of shoot forward and kind of shake really bad and that'll kill it but it also would put me in a fog to where I'd stare at the wall for like an hour mm-hmm. and not even realize it and then kind of come out of it and it's just like everything was cloudy and I took myself off of that because I'm like these spasms are at least keeping my legs strong so when I do start walking like it's gonna right. I'll have muscle because you see everybody who's been in a wheelchair their the legs just start atrophying to where it's just skin yeah. and bone yeah and so I started, um, I took myself off of that and I wasn't able to start therapy right out of the hospital because I ended up getting a pressure sore on my butt. And so they had to come over and check it. And then once it took about a month to heal, then I went down to this place in Sandy called NeuroWorks and they threw me up in this, um, it's like a homemade crane above a treadmill and they would step my legs. Right. It was just an ultimate wedgie machine, basically, is all it happened. But I couldn't really, like at that point, I could start to feel touch and stuff. And so right. I knew it was uncomfortable, but I couldn't feel like a normal sensation to it. And they trained my muscles to be able to walk. And through that, it kind of triggered everything to where they would move without me mm-hmm. trying to do it on purpose. And they've got a pool, they had a pool too with a treadmill in it. And they tried me in that, but. I was bass backwards from everybody else, whereas the water, my legs would just suck up and I wasn't able to put any pressure on them, whereas mm. most people's legs kind of go dormant and just lay down and they can move them. So, yeah. And so I, the water sucked for me, so I needed the gravity. I needed weight to get a response from them. And I could actually start to walk upstairs before I could walk on flat ground. Because when I'd walk, I'd drag my toe up the front of the, like my front of my foot up the stair right. and then it'd trigger it to pick yeah. up. Oh, interesting. And so I was kind of the oddball of of that thing. And then I kind of advanced too far for them to where it kind of stopped working. Not stopped working, but I was on another level. And so I kind of tried to do stuff on my own then ended up going down to a guy in Provo. And it was just old school, like Rocky style gym. And he was an old football player. And it worked for me. Yeah. (laughs) And it just was like, basically forcing everything to work, like putting you in positions and, and then it just slowly started getting better. And that's when I went from a wheelchair to a walker in about six months, I could stand up and kind of go into friends' houses, like little excursions. Um, and then about three years in is when I got canes and then I didn't ever try the forearm canes. Well, I did try them, but I I moved so much when I walked that I just wouldn't have been able to have it happen. So the old man canes were the best <laughs> solution for that. And it's just been a a fun journey with that. And like even now, my I still rely on spasms to walk. Like I can control a little bit more muscle, but it's mainly the big muscles. Like I can't open my legs at all. They hate being apart. And so... That sucks because everything, my knees are always together. So I kind of, I'm sure they're going to wear out fairly quick, but it's, I just kind of figured out ways that worked for me and, and gone with it. Yeah. Lots of, lots of interesting trial and error. And it didn't take you long before you were like, I need something to like, kind of go back to the old ways. Like I was down the YouTube rabbit hole on you right last night. And, uh, you have, do you still have, you have the UTV like world record jump? Yeah. Now? Yeah. So I did the first one in 
2013, I jumped a whopping 105 feet and that was a record. And then in 2015, I went up to Butte, Montana for Evil Knievel Days. Yeah. And how that happened is my uncle called me and he's like, hey, do you want to jump for Butte, Montana Days or for the Evil Knievel Days and try to do the record jump? And I was like, I'll think about it. And then the next day I get a text from Evil Knievel's daughter being like, we're so excited to have you come up. And I was like, (laughs) I guess we're doing it. (laughs) Can't say no now. And so, so I went up there and... Um, got the razor back like a week before the jump, did one jump down in at our place in Salt or West Valley and landed it at about 160 feet. And then the record was 198 feet at that point. And we went up and they didn't have the street closed off yet. It was my jump was Friday. We got there Thursday and we were going to try to do a test jump. Well, they were supposed to, but they didn't. So cars are coming down it. So we went down to the light and turned around and I was just going to book it down it to try to do it. And right as we were about to go, Pete or one of the event guys came out and he's like, no, 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 we can't do this. So we're like, well, shit, I guess we're just going to have game day. Going to do it live. And so we, I had like six jumps before and we kind of tuned the suspension and we're, ju- we're only jumping like 180 and then uh, we got the green light to go and I hit it and I was only doing like 71 miles an hour and went 202 feet Whoa. and landed and broke the record. And so that was fun. And then we just did one last year for Memorial day with the diesel brothers, uh, their live show out in Wendover and it had rained all week long. The jump got built by Saturday and it was just straight mud basically every time a motor would start it'd start raining and it was just wind from hell blowing out there too so I was like I don't even know if I'm gonna get a jump and with that razor it was it was almost a similar situation they're like do you want to do this jump I was like I don't know I was like yeah but let me see and then it's just like, oh yeah, we're we got the razor coming, like we got everything planned out. And I was like, guess we're doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got the razor back from them about two weeks before the transmission was slipping on me. So I had to get a new transmission coming. Axle was busted and um, there's two other pieces that are broken. So we've got, we throw this machine together. I still have a broken transmission. I hit a practice jump that we have that's a 120 foot gap over this wetlands. And I ended up doing 198 feet and about crashed. I, the back end kicked out and then it bounced back and I went up on two wheels and almost rolled. And so we're like, oh man, we aren't going to get any more. And we, uh, anyways, we get out there, the wind's blowing. I get one test jump Sunday. It dries out enough. My brother was supposed to hit it on a bike because it's easier to test on motorcycles because you can adjust and kind of bell easier. And the wet, the dirt was so wet that we were worried that he was going to sink in and lose the speed and crash. So it was just like, I think I need to hit it about 80 miles an hour because the ramp was eight or 17 feet tall, like a 13 degree slope and 150 foot gap. And the knuckle is 180. So I figured about 80 would put me to this past the bad stuff <laughs> and I hit it and jumped 202 or 203 feet. So I beat my old record, but the current record was 223 and I busted my shock. So that was the one and only test jump I got. And then the next day the live show came on and we, we had been fighting wind all day long. And so when it was my time to go, it was 30 mile an hour gust crosswind straight across 
and they'd basically canceled the show or canceled my jump. And so I did a test run and I came flying up it, low down and my, I have a driving stick that I use. So I'm right. bouncing between pedaling and I hit the top of the brake and I was pushing as hard as I could and I was barely slowing down and I slowed down right as my front tires went over the top of the lip. So I almost went over the jump and down in the bottom. <laughs> and so I was like, well, that would have been bad. So backed up, flipped around, went back and they're sitting there and, they basically told me to go to the stage, like, and they're going to call the call the jump. And my uncle had the phone and the with the producer, and then the radio with the safety guy. And we had an American flag sitting there at the top of the ramp, and it was standing straight sideways. So we're like, I guess I'm not doing it. And then right at the last second, it died down enough to where it, my uncle's like, "Go, go, go!" I was like, "I go to the stage or hit the jump." He's like, "Hit it, it's yours." <laughs> I was like, okay, close my visor and just hit the gas. And <laughs> off we went. And about halfway down the um, runway, the flag sticking straight sideways again. And <laughs> I'm like, shit. And I about hesitate and pull off. And I was like, well, I'm committed. Like, I got to do this. I already said I was doing it. Sending it, bud. We just right, went. Going. And like, I just had these thoughts. Like, I, I hope this roll cage holds up. <laughs> like, this is going to suck. And I hit it. And my back end kicked to the left so hard that when I landed, my tire kind of folded underneath me, but I had beadlocks on, so I kept the beads on. And then it settled real fast because I had the suspension set super slow. And right. and I landed and kind of, I dropped my driving stick midair because I felt it going sideways. I like, this is going to be a two-hander on the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> so I just straightened the wheels and just counter-steered and landed it and ended up doing 247 feet. Oh, yeah, big. Yeah, I hit it at 85 miles an hour. Shit. <laughs> And that was a guess. Like we were just like, I think about eighty five is gonna put me at least past the old record. Right. Damn. So it was it was straight. I was scared. Ass. I wasn't I won't lie, it was nerve wracking. I yeah, I don't know how you couldn't be. You know, like a smart man would be scared, yeah. The Balls. watching um Smagical yeah, on right. that jump, man, like holy shit, that was yeah. Awful wreck. He, he went 300 feet to the basically flat and land. He landed the best way he could have, and then ended up breaking his neck. Yeah. So that was that was the last one that was attempted, really. But, yeah. So the you know the next question that I think for me is, and probably a lot of people is like, why you know why are you doing all that? Uh, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun once it's done and you've landed safe, but it's right. it's that rush. And I think just like you guys probably know with similar situations you've been in is you can't beat adrenaline. Mm -hmm. And there's something just about doing it that, I don't know, it just, it it's fun to do it. And it's also sweet to show people that there's not really any limits besides what you put on yourself. Like right. I've, I also went back to um, Travis Pastrana's house and flipped a, motorcycle into the foam pit yeah and it was just one of his bikes we get on the bike and i was like i need to have my feet not come off and so what they do is they'd hurry and start the bike duct tape my feet to the pegs and then pour water on the head pipe and then i'd go around and hit it <laughs> and that was the first one and like i do it and i've never that was more scary than the jumps like i was shaking in my pants like i was so scared and i had all the people around and right. i was just like but it, it comes to that point where you've committed and like you've told people you're going to do it. So it's like either nut up or be a puss. And so 
I don't want to be a puss. <laughs> like you said, quitters, I don't want you guys to take my soul. Yeah. <laughs> it comes Vampires. right out. Yeah. But yeah, it's, so that was, you know, duct tape worked. I came off, um, the duct tape broke in the next jump. They're like, I'm like, we need to duct tape my feet again. They're like, no, you're fine. And I go and as I'm upside down, my feet just fall off the bike and I'm just laying <laughs> upside down, hanging underneath the bike and it lands on me into the foam pit. Ugh. So then we got industrial strength zip ties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would be like, nah, bro. I'm like my feet are coming off. What do you, what do you expect? I'm like, dude, do this upright. Yeah. Oof. Did so, you see me oof. with the canes? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that I've, I've done that have been, kind of questionable some things but like I said what's the point of living if you aren't living life how you want yeah and I've I've had a lot of opportunities and a lot of people ask me like you were saying earlier about how you can be so positive and you could be negative but nobody wants to be around people that are negative anyways right and I when you know that people are also looking to you for some source of inspiration I guess Mm -hmm. like that makes it so much more meaningful too because you're held accountable yeah. And, and I get so much more like the feeling of knowing that you're helping someone through their trials is there, there's nothing like it. And I've had a, the opportunity to do a lot of things and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be right here if I didn't break my back. Like instead of looking at what happened in a bad way, like this has led me to do so many things and meet so many people that I never would have met. And even even like my wife, I never would have met her had I not broke my back. So there's there's a lot of good that can come out of bad things, and it's all a perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a it's a it's a profound point that like I, I'm trying really hard. I think uh, just to to highlight people that have positive psychology, right? So there's there's a lot of people out there, and there's a ton of podcasts that are out there that. You get, you get, you know, the talking heads of, you know, go out and be fucking epic and all that other whole, holy, holier than thou horse shit. And that's pretty easy when you haven't really had to deal with anything difficult, right? But when you've had to deal with some difficult shit and you're still fucking swinging, like that's when it truly means something to me where I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. Let's 100%. listen to some fucking motivational speaker about how she lost 30 pounds. Congratulations, bitch. You learned how to hold a Twinkie out of your mouth. <laughs> Should we give you a trophy? <laughs> what the fuck? Like, Oh my God. Do like, you want a cookie? Yeah. Like, is that person really inspirational? Oh, I wrote a cookbook on how to fucking be carbless. Great. Good for you. That's fucking incredible. So much hollow positivity out there. People are like, coaching and do better get better you can do this blah blah blah. like you're out there preaching everybody bro what the fuck you done what what have you faced it's been hard like good for you for spreading positivity but i feel like your message is hollow because you have not been tested i think think these are opportunists that are more trying to and and that world is so there's so much money in that world too to where people are going to jump on and just try to speak their story and they're going to play it out like no other like for me i've had a lot of people say you need to do like inspirational speaking and and for me i don't feel like i've done anything that's inspirational like i think a lot of people would be able to do what i've done if they're put in the situation because mm-hmm. like i wouldn't have thought i could do it but I, when you have no choice and you're up against the wall it's like it's either you quit and become a piece of shit or you make something of yourself and and i don't 
like sitting around very much. So I'd rather go out and try. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like that. <clears throat> you open yourself up to being uncomfortable and that opens up a door and mm-hmm. then you kind of stack these right. life experiences on top of each other. And one thing leads to another, leads to another, and you maintain that positive mental attitude. And then, and then you're like, you're just really happy with, with your, your past decisions and experiences and you're, you just become super comfortable with being uncomfortable and like, like, man, I just want to live this epic lifestyle. And it and, eliminates the anxiety of any unknown anything. It's yeah. Like, well, you yeah, know, which, like I, how I kept, important I kept is saying, that in yes, life? Like I, you know, that worked and that worked and that was shitty, but whatever. And let me try this thing instead too. Yeah. You just learn. Yeah. You learn what not to do. And I've learned that plenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got a stack of those cards. Yeah. Well, I think development, right? Where, people need to do a much better job of learning what they can and what they're capable of, right? Just like, what are you capable of doing? And, you know, I think as a you know, individual just navigating the world all the time where it's like, I'm, I'm comfortable with just ambiguity because it's like, oh, hey man, we're all headed to the same place, right? It's kind of, <laughs> we all are in the we same are, race, we're, with we're the same all in finish the same line. race with the same finish line. It's kind of what you're in between, which is one of those things where I like Dakota has saying, you know, the dash or own the dash, right? Where, mm-hmm. you know, it's that the year that you start and the year that you end, it's what's kind of going on there in the middle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, looking at what what's possible and looking at individuals that truly that go out and fucking kill it. And it was cool because when you came out to attack, it was like, dude, you were fucking killing it. Like instantly. It was like, as soon as we put a bow in your hand, you were nailing these targets. It was, it was almost like you had been doing this for so long, or at least you are so genetically inclined to fucking shooting that thing. <laughs> he's like he's been keeping it a weird. secret, just in, in the it closet was weird, there practicing. Man. It's weird. It's almost like you've shot a boat before. Yeah. What? I don't even know what this is. Hello, guys. <laughs> uh, what is no, this? Really, honestly, like with shooting, it was just basically like like what we learned in the Marine Corps and right, Scott yeah. Sniper Community Funnels and March. Like they instruct you, you go do your little checklist, you do everything right, you do everything the same, like consistency is accuracy. And then you can pinpoint like, oh, well, this is the one thing I didn't do this time. Right. Or this, that's what I fucked up last time. And then you're like, okay, this works. Do this the same every single every time. time. Yeah. Weird. And I just, well, I don't know. It's like when you love to shoot, you like love to shoot anything. Like yeah. you got black powder guns, got sniper rifles, got carbines, got pistols, I got a cannon, you know, it's yeah. just like good bows. It's just like, yeah, it's just, Love it. Seems like we've found a fellow projectile enthusiast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's what I say. It doesn't really matter. Like, it could be a crumpled up piece of paper. It could be a bow. It could be I suck at basketball, anything. though. I'll just put that out there. I suck <laughs> at it, but that doesn't prevent me from, from enjoying oh, shit. it. Um, There's a ball in a basket. Sports. <laughs> yeah. the, the problem is, is, like, you can't replicate... I mean, you can, it's all like, you know, your physical mechanical ability to replicate the same shot pattern over and over again with something like that. And there's no, there's no end state to it for me. Whereas basketball, right. So like hunting silly, I can, yeah, it's silly. It's a silly fucking sport. (laughs) I'm going to put this, this big ball in that, in that net. It's not going to feed me. And then do it again. <laughs> well, yeah, like it's not going to defend me. It's not going to feed me. Like I have to have that. Yep. No, but that somebody's going to make fun state. of you. 
Yeah, and I've always been so short that I've had to make laugh. I had to make jokes of it anyway because <laughs> it wouldn't make sense. It would be like, oh, you're really into basketball. Wow, you're That's you're going to be a cute, a really good small town high school basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> on the that's women's where you're going to cap out, buddy. That's, that's where <laughs> you're physical. Yeah, that's where it ends. Oh, right there. True, there's a little right. more incentive there. Like when you pick up a weapon, and it's like, yeah, like you said, defend yourself, feed yourself. Like, Blow shit just up. a lot more stuff on the line, a lot more fun. Well, and you can, there's, there's a lot more going on, especially if you're going to shoot long range, if you're going to shoot long range, now you have to, well, unless you're doing something that's completely technology driven, but mm-hmm. you've got to, you know, figure out what you're shooting, what kind of round you're shooting, how far is the distance, and you got to calc all this stuff and put it together and then replicate that over and over and over again. Fuck, that's interesting, right? It's yeah. fucking, it's fantastically interesting versus I'm going to get a ball and put it into a hoop means nothing to me. You know, my, I, I doubt my daughters will even learn how to shoot a basketball from me because it's not it's not something I'm going to be geared right. towards. The, um, the They'll thing, know how to butcher chickens, though. Well, mm. my youngest one is already well on her way. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to worry more about her killing one of the chickens than I do my dog. <laughs> I, has she supplanted Dr. Beans? Awesome. <laughs> Just a quick sidebar. You got to tell these guys about the video you sent me yesterday with Oh, it's great. Yeah, my my daughter, I call her Stompy because she started the walk when she was like, I'm not even joking, like seven or eight months old. It was so early. It was fucking creepy. It was weird. That baby is walking around. around. (laughs) It was so weird to see her walking around, but she would walk and she'd like stomp everywhere, stomp. And so I named, I gave her this nickname, Stompy. And it fits her personality too because she's, the boy that I will never have. She's also very aggressive. I always joke with my wife. I'm like, this is the kid that will kill us. This is the one. She's the one. And, and you know, of the this two, the one. she was the one that came over to Diva to pet her. <laughs> yeah. She came right over. She's and I'm like, like it's okay. Ah. And she goes, yeah. Well, like, she's, okay. So she's holding one of these chickens, which by the way, she caught uh Oops, not, the chicken was not going with compliance, right? This was a non-compliant. We could we could frame the chicken as an Antifa rioter. Stompy was the federal police. Right? Did not want to go. They met in my backyard. She folded this fucking chicken up, which, oh, by the way, we we named Black Mamba. Oh, wow. <laughs> great, great chicken name. She's got this thing like wrapped up and uh, she's carrying it around and I'm just like I don't care it's a chicken you know my wife's like oh be more gentle and I'm like it's a fucking chicken like <laughs> we'll turn that thing into food in two days you know I'm not that concerned with it and it's not like the chicken d- cared the chicken was just like I guess I'm being carried now it's, okay. it's it, has, a chicken. it has a psychological fallback which yeah. it knows it's food right it, it's been bred to be food it's, it's like okay animal. I'm a fucking every time I've now. picked up a chicken they've done that it's like Squawk, 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 stop. Yeah, I'm dead now. Okay, you're done. (laughs) So I'm like, hey, what is that thing on its head? She's like, oh, that's where it clucks from, that red thing. (laughs) I'm like, 
okay, cool. That's a good. That's a good thing. That's but she said it with such confidence. She's like, that's where it, that's where it clucks from. I'm like, okay, all right. I'm not going to argue with that. Meanwhile, in the back of the video, my other daughter's like chasing the other chickens <laughs> while simultaneously yelling at the dog, "Don't eat the chickens, beans!" You know, Doctor Beans, my dog, and he's just like laying there, minding his own fucking business, and he's just like, "What? I'm not doing anything, bitch. What are you talking about? I'm like, stop yelling at me! Stop yelling at me, man! Like, what are you doing? What? Anyway, so that's." Stompy and the chicken. But. <laughs> so the the thing I did want to ask you is like the Nitro Circus guys and, you know, the Godfrey's because your family is like, they're kind of a legendary family. And what do you call the the, the action sports? Yeah, area? we've had a lot of exposure in the extreme sports, I guess. Yeah, how did that connection come to be between? So my uncle started filming like the 90s doing like, backyard style films almost. And then he got connected with Travis when he was like 13 or 14. And then they filmed some stuff and Travis kept trying to do similar things. Like he'd just gotten into the freestyle stuff. And as they kind of got, as he got a little older, like older being like twenties or something. And right. then he, he like wrecked himself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. I, I don't know how he's walking, honestly. He's just a wrecked person, but he, uh, him and Greg started this nitro circus and it just took off. It was just kind of the blended perfect and right. off it went. And Travis was kind of, he was the talent and with their brains together, it just worked out and it just was a giant shit show that happened after that. Yeah. Well, which is super fun shit show. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. It's it been fun, fun from, for all of us to watch. Yeah, From yeah. the outside, it's been so cool because you guys have like, you, you bring so many different interesting guys into the mix, like um, wheels. Yeah. And stuff like that. He's where, a stud. Oh my God. Where it's like, I I couldn't imagine doing any of the things. He's probably the nuttiest one too, because why would you want to go down a mega ramp in a wheelchair and with like your percentage of crashing is very high because he's crashed a lot and ring his bell and, but he's got his front teeth replaced and stuff. Yeah. He's, he's just a stud though. Like if you talk to him, even his perspective is he's not in his wheelchair. He rides his wheelchair. Right. And so he's got spina bifida and he could walk with little crutches, but not very good. And so the wheelchair is just, I mean, you kind of, he's known, that's what his life has been known the entire time. So to him, it's just another day of riding his pedal bike, gotcha. similar and whatnot. Right. But yeah, he's, he's nutty though. <laughs> well, have you turned, have you gotten turned on to this stuff? Have you been doing any of it? Like hitting jumps and shit? God, I've tried, but. They really haven't hooked me up with it. I've been like, I want to do this. I John wouldn't do, do the mega ramp. <laughs> Give me a good enough wheelchair, I'll do it. I got the speed wobbles in this bitch going five miles an hour. No, you should I do like hit the, the foam little, pit uh, and want to go to Woodward. Like, I want to hit some stuff with my mono ski. I think that'd be awesome. Like, put you naturally mono skiing. It's been like put a parachute. I'm really you? good with that shit. Oh, I've I, I jumped out of planes to do Have some tandem stuff. No, no, no. Get my own license. Oh, yeah, yeah. with the wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. I'm down. Can that you not, can you I'm down. I don't know how to share with fly, roll. but I'd be down. Yeah, how do you, how can, you can't get a parachute license? No, I actually was with a nonprofit. They were just yeah. kind of fucking screwy. Like, really? Yeah, taking money, making themselves look real cool, right. not doing shit for vets, 
and then they just got burned and I was along for that ride and I was like, yeah, enough's enough. Like I've given you a lot of chances. You didn't like keep your word. Everybody fucking hates you in our community. Right. So it's like, cool, I'm done. So then I just haven't got back into it. But I was on my way to get my license. Yeah. Just got some tunnel time. It was, it was a blast. You, just, you know, obviously jumped to the military. Not military free fall, but... Um, Sack of potatoes. MMPS. Yeah. Long, just a lot of like hey stuff. Right. Which was awesome. Had just, a lot of canopy time. So, so stabilizing though when you're... Because you only... Is that easier or much more difficult because you don't have your, your legs in order to stabilize? I, yeah, it's more difficult. I feel yeah. like, yeah. Because yeah. you're, you're, you're probably sliding all your arms. Like yeah. Yeah. You're just like... <laughs> So you really, so you're, you got to retract hard in order mm-hmm. to stabilize. That's what, yeah. Get that arch going. I like, I think I ended up being like stable. Like my arms like way the hell back here. Right. But everything like forward and back movement and side to side was all like moving arms front. Yeah. Back, yeah. Uh, like all this. And that was it. And then, yeah. And I got a little nub sticking out here just in the wind, just <laughs> catch that, throwing me off. <laughs> <laughs> Big old dick, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like an anchor, just yeah. rides the earth. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. thought that was just a little shootout, but it's just his wieners. to play the joke. <laughs> yeah, I was having a really hard time figuring this out until I just went pantsless, and they're like, it was so much easier. <laughs> throw that rudder into the wind. That would be. We've kind of played around with like the ideas of doing some stuff. Like Gavin took me for some bike rides, you know, strapped in a backpack and stuff like that. Right. That's pretty cool. And we took a little, some little jumps and stuff. Like I'm, like I'm all about it. Like as long as I know it's not just like straight stupidity. Like I'm always good with like acceptable risk, pushing the limit, having some fun. Like I love all the action adventure sports. So yeah. So you're you have a monoski too? Yep. Just got. A, I've been renting monoskis like right. for the last like three years, and then this year I through the VA. And, um, got a custom monoski that'll be done at the end of this month. I'm wow. so stoked. It's going to be all dialed and ready to go come see, uh, awesome. ski season. So Hell with yeah. that, like custom seating, like super like tight fit to my body, like right. I'll be able to do so much. Because I've already been able to do like, like progress so fast and do so many different things. Like, so I'm really looking forward to it. How did they do that design on the monoski for you? As far as like, it's like a prosthetic. So before like... They what we have calls what they call is like a bucket or it's like a ski boot basically, but you know it's on your lower body yeah. versus yeah. So you sit in this bucket or whatever, and um, like when you rent them, it's just you know you fill it full of padding to get yourself, but that shit like shifts, it's loose. You like you can fall out, you can like hit something hard and bounce around and shift things, and next thing you know you slip out. Now with a custom seating where it's just money, where it's all about, it's just like a prosthetic. Like you sit there, they put a cast around you. They, well, they make a cast of your lower body and then build like no shit, like, like a plastic bucket and then put the custom foam in, they cut it out, they shave it down. And then they also have like a lid that goes over the top of your like lower body. And then it just encapsulates, encapsulates you and like that. Oh shit. Yeah, it's rad. It's a prosthetic. Um, so did, the, did it take a while to mold and get the right fit for your big dick to get in there? Yeah. Uh, yes. It's yes, a problem. Shift left, shift right, center. We had to figure out what was going to be like best, yeah. you know, like uh, weight was a huge issue. <laughs> Balance, you know, so. It's like a boat. It's like a boat. Damn ballast. So yeah, get that ballast right. Yeah. Exactly. Ballast. <laughs> so when you're, when you're in that thing, like, like, well, there's two questions, which is one, had you been asking the VA for one for a long time and did it take them just that long to make it or? Well, it was about more like figuring out like, oh yeah, this is available to you. And then gotcha. it's like, oh, there's a lot of red tape. You right. got to do this. You got to dock. Cause you know, like all of these scam artists, these older, 
vats that kind of like ruined it for everybody else. They're like getting these things and selling them, which is completely, you know, seriously. Awful. Oh, yeah. Like people get free shit from the government, turn around and sell it. It's fucking bullshit. Um, so I understand like the reasons for the red tape. Like you have right. to like prove the fact that you're in this sport, you're committed to the sport, it's right. documented, and that you're going to get something out of it. Like gotcha. it's going to better your life. And then, you yeah. know, it's taxpayer dollars. So I agree. You know, it's all good. So I had to just, you know, figure it out and apply and take all the steps and just took a minute because you have to accumulate like so much time on a ski and get it signed off by instructors. And, you know, part of the, the biggest part of the battle is figuring out, oh, the VA will actually buy me one of these things. Sweet. Let's do this. Right. Um, well, that, that's like, that's a question that I, 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 I want to ask, but it, I don't know how to ask it. Um, which is, you know, dealing with the VA, even on my level, right. It's been mm-hmm. such a fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> and so on for a person like you with way more injuries, like how has it been dealing with the VA system just in general? sucks you're just gonna wait around for a long time everything's like months out i think that's the biggest frustration right and obvi- well just like anywhere some people give a shit some people don't give a shit right. so it's like that's hit and miss like whether you can uh progress fast like with whatever whatever goal you've got going on um or if it's gonna take forever but i mean mostly it does take forever just because the system's overburdened or yeah i mean some things they'll let you like they know that it's overburned, so they'll refer you to people on town. You can go to a civilian or private corp- right. corporations, get the stuff done there. Just a lot of like, you know, just dealing with the shit, figuring it out. Like a lot of waiting around. Everything just seems to like take forever. Like I always have appointments going on and these are all appointments that I've scheduled like months ago months, or weeks yeah. ago. It's like shit. Yeah. Well, now with COVID, like I was... Oh, I was, yeah, the COVID's like, ridiculous. They shut down the freaking VA, basically. Yeah, exactly. They want to fight you on everything. I'm like, I want an appointment for this. I want an appointment for that. Well, you know, we're not actually seeing patients. And I'm like, bitch, you fucking work for us. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Like, what are you, like you're just going to shut down the whole healthcare system because of fucking the scamdemic? Cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting because I was talking to a person from the VA here and she was telling me that they have entire wings that are empty yep. because of COVID. So they're not seeing anyone. Nope. And then they're not taking, they're not taking any patients really for the most part either. So they're not taking in any new, mm-hmm. you know, non-critical COVID patients. And I'm like, so what, how do you classify critical? They're then? just getting you know, paid. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They're, and they're all getting paid. Yeah, that, that's it's the not thing. Really that, their fault, but no. the administration, definitely their fault. Like the higher ups, come on people. Yeah, there's like one person money. on the floor and all the other... All the other rooms, I, I guess, were empty. So yeah. she was talking about it. She's like, it's fucking weird. It's like a ghost it's, town up there. It's a ghost town. Nobody's coming in. Nobody's doing anything. And They're more like yeah. refusing to see people. Because yeah, I know guys up. are still calling up being like, hey, I got fucking issues, bitch. Like, hook me up. And then, yeah, they're like, no. Uh, well, you know, COVID. Yeah, I loved it. I went up there the other day to grab some medication. And they have this huge, like, triage tent, right? Yeah. For the, the COVID patients. Yeah. It's fucking empty. empty. There's, like, literally, I saw, like, a tumbleweed going by yeah plastic bags <laughs> like nobody nothing there. i'm like wow sure glad this is such a fucking crazy pandemic and we can't see anybody and it closed like a whole parking lot yeah. down which is like the parking That's that they've been used saying. for a while yeah. because they were rebuilding uh the freaking parking whatever area so that was like one of our main places to park and they shut it all down so now we're all over campus like trying to figure out where the fuck to park and then one of the only like places I could access with a wheelchair 
they had redone it and I used to get in there all the time. And now it's like by badge only access. So it's like, fuck, I got to like roll around this whole fucking building after I <laughs> spent 20 minutes fucking parking. Cause the triage tent was set up to try to get into this motherfucker. So I was just like waiting in the bushes, like waiting for somebody to come scan their badge. And I just slipped in right after him. Like, yep. it was just like such bullshit. I'm like, does everybody just look at this shit and be like, this is fucking stupid. Like, no, God, <laughs> such a headache. That's what I'm wondering for, because every guy that I've talked to, uh, regardless of their injuries, it's always the same story. It's like, mm-hmm. man, it's a fucking shit show. Like, we can't get appointments. COVID's People wonder what fucking, Obamacare would be like if they had like well, it's like healthcare. Like, Hello, we've already got a VA. Yeah, we. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. So those of you that have never experienced the the VA and you want to know what socialized federal medicine would look like. I highly encourage you to just listen to the veterans <laughs> and see how this shit is working out because it's fucking not great. Like you want to, you want an appointment? Yeah. Six months. Like when I came here, I was trying to get just an appointment just to get assessed in, in right. Utah. And it was like, we have one next year. And I was like, it's January. What? <laughs> <laughs> we have one next year to, to see you. And then they wanted to like argue no. with you over, you have some nurse or someone that's arguing with you. It's like, are you sure that you're here? You're, you're deaf, sort of, you're yeah. deaf in your right ear. Are you sure this isn't from something that you've done in your civilian life? I'm like, I haven't had a civilian life. <laughs> what the I, fuck are you talking about? Dude, I, 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 felt, I, I felt last month. <laughs> yeah. this, I, I've been a grand total of a month. I felt like that in my, like, out processing interview stuff like bullshit with the VA, you know, like your first one, like yeah. you just got out. I had x-rays, there's x-rays in my record. And they're like, are you sure this is, this is from the Navy? I'm like, I got that fucking x-ray done on base. Yeah, it's like, after I got injured like, in that training it exercise. It says department of the Navy on the document. Bro, I did it there. <laughs> this, this injury on the x-ray says, this injury is responsive. This <laughs> is a Navy injury. It says it on it. It's from the Navy. There's, there's a serial number there, dude. I haven't had another fucking job. This is like, like I I, a, what are you talking I about? I joined the Navy when I was 19. I'm, like, <laughs> the fuck do you think I was doing? Yeah, I run a coffee company. We don't have noises just when I yell. And I, I can't make myself <laughs> deaf. That's fucking not possible. <laughs> I know of. Yeah. So what do you got going on next, man? What else? What else you got going on? Hmm. Got this bear hunt coming up. Super stoked about yeah. that. Yeah, Walla Walla, Washington. Yep. Gonna slay some furry creatures. Love it. You guys are going together, right? We yep. are. Some other, and then linking up with some other buddies. Hmm. As far as that, I haven't really filled out the calendar too much. I'm always just going from one thing to the next, like last minute. Like, hey, you want to do this? You want to do that? You want to go here? Like in a weekend events? I'm like, yes, yeah, sure. Sign me up. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And then, what do you got going on? Bear hunt. He's got the bear Alaska hunt, and then up yeah, oh, I was man. supposed to go up to Alaska and go fishing, but I leave the day of my anniversary too. And I, that's good, good plan. I know, and I didn't have a honeymoon really last year, so I'm just really digging the doghouse right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's no, just it, I just get it furnished. I know we got a new front yard, so that helps. There you go. But I don't really plan things out very much either. I kind of see to the pants. Well, you got that track you're building. Yeah, so I guess, yeah, I am built. I, I've got this side-by-side track that I've built and am finishing up. And tomorrow, actually, I'm giving a bunch of Utah County Sheriff deputies rides because I'm sick of all the bullshit of how they're treating people and treating the cops and first responders. So it's like I'm 
giving rides to cops and whoever else is first responders that wants to go for rides. This is just like high adrenaline. Yeah, it's rides. just yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's just like jumps and, and jumps. no, I got some jumps and, and jumps. yeah. This is a Indian paintbrush. Yeah, <laughs> I hope you enjoy yourself, Officer Bob. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I know that there's going to be a couple guys that show up that maybe don't have your whole backstory, and then they see you driving like, wait, wait, so so you're driving this thing with a stick? <laughs> yeah, I've I've actually modified this one that I jump with and give the rides with with hand controls because oh, okay. I need to hit the brake on a lot of these jumps, like after these jumps. So if right. I miss it, then it's a lot more drastic. If if it was just me, it's one thing, but throwing somebody else in, then it's like, eh, shit, yeah, I better yeah. hit the brake. Because <laughs> with my stick, I tell people I got three options. I'm either hitting the gas, the brake, or the floor. So if you hear pounding, that means hold on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good brief. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's quick, but yeah, that's doing that. And then I might go hunt elk in Idaho and... Right, maybe right. a deer or so. Utah um, just sucks for hunting, so. Does it? I was only thinking Well, about general the, stuff. Yeah. Unless yeah. you can hike back in there, and I'm not much of a hiker, yeah, and neither is John. Fuck <laughs> We're professional road hunters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple truck guns, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, Suppressors. Speaking of, we got to go shoot pointy sticks. Yeah, that's right. And uh, well, you guys want to tell people where you can find... Yeah. On you guys on social or whatever. Yeah, I'm at Jonathan Dash Blank. At, oh, sorry, pff, that's my freaking email address. Uh, oh, it's yeah. Jonathan Blank zero three two one. That's what it is on Instagram. Yep. And then I'm <laughs> T Godfrey one five five. Yeah, at Instagram. Well, awesome guys. Thanks a lot for coming in. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. solid session. Local. Thank you. Local. Thank you.